0: Welcome to the Live Your Spa Life Show. Spa Life is where accomplishment and harmony coexist. Now, here's your host and Spa Life curator, Diane Halfman.
1: Hello, and welcome to the next episode of Live Your Spa Life Show. Spa Life is a lifestyle that accepts that accomplishment and harmony coexist. The spa in Spa Life, the SPA, is for seek power always. That power within you to do your bigger work here in the world. I am so thrilled to introduce my next guest, which is Rachel Monet. She is known as the Love Guru. She's helped hundreds of men and women transform their love over the past nine years. Prior to establishing her sex lives, relationships, coaching practice, she spent 22 years researching. Now, this woman's researched a lot of different things, so I want to show these all out to you. Anywhere from women's libido, sexuality in general, relationships... Leadership, communication, and empowerment mindset. Rachel, welcome to the show.
0: Thank you for having me. I'm very excited to be here, and I'm, I'm honored to be invited to do so.
1: Uh, so great to have you here. So I think I need to just jump in with all this research. Was this for you know personal? Was this for clients? Was this interest? Like, what led you into this type of study?
0: Well, uh, that's a great question, and thank you for asking. And what started it was my own personal journey. Prior to being married and having my first child, I had an off-the-chart sex drive, and uh, it was a very enjoyable part of my life. When my first child was born 28 years ago, I just completely lost my sex drive, and I thought it was a biological medical condition. The doctors couldn't help me, so I just started researching everything, reading everything I could get my hands on, talking to other people, because I really wanted to solve this problem of my missing libido. It was just gone.
1: Wow, so what did you determine?
0: Well, I learned a lot along the way, and then when I finally left my marriage after 22 years, a really interesting thing happened. My libido came back with a vengeance. And what I learned in the at the bottom line was it was my relationship that wasn't working. And you know, we don't want to get naked with somebody that we don't like and that we don't
1: respect. Right. Right. No, I, I totally get that. And, you know, it's interesting when we look at all these things outside of ourselves. I mean, our body's there to protect us and, and really be in alignment with us. And when we don't make choices that are alignment, then of course it's going to react in that way. So I'm sure that you do a lot of that in supporting, you know, your clients in being able to look at some of these clues in their relationships.
0: Right. And, and sexuality is very complicated, I interviewed people who were in open relationships, who did swinging, who had all kinds of alternative lifestyles. And a lot of my uh, education was experiential. After I left my marriage, I took myself down that road and I put myself in a lot of unusual situations because I really, now I was free to do that. And I was just so curious. I wanted to know right. all about it.
1: Yeah. Because- so what would, I was just going to say, what would you say in that journey that kind of opened your eyes to something that you would not have experienced if you didn't put yourself out there to experience new things? Like what is something you've taken away from all of that research and experience that you still use today?
0: I think one of the most important tools of the the education that I received was, I was seeing a man who I was having feelings for and prior to him leaving the country on, on a journey, he met another woman. And when he came back, he told me about that and I was heartbroken, but I I got over it. And then he had another female friend that was coming out uh, to visit. and, And this man was a wonderful lover, just a great human being in general. And when he showed me her picture and he told me her name, I felt this sisterhood. I don't know how to explain it, but it just opened something up in me to be able to allow somebody else to enjoy my friend and I thought, well, why wouldn't she deserve to do that? But in in that open communication, it just opened up my mind and my heart. And I thought, well, this is really great. So being transparent, being a hundred percent transparent in your relationships, whether you're dating or in a long term relationship, is so empowering.
1: Right. No, yeah. I love that. I love that. You know, there's so many things where can fear have fear around sharing about being judged and, and when you're in a process and no matter what type of relationship, and we all define the kind of relationships that we want to have and open communication allows you to decide, Hey, this is something I'm open to. This is something that is a boundary for me. Like whatever that is, it takes that open communication in order for you to stand in your power.
0: Absolutely. That communication piece is number one. And being able to listen to the other person and not be judgmental, but just really seek to understand.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Well, speaking of communication, you and I have a very aligned mission about women really standing in their power and to be more fierce, but to also incorporate their femininity. And it's such a beautiful alignment to be able to have and you're going to be sharing more about that in your autobiography that's going to be coming out soon. Yes. I'd love for you to share what led you to that, uh, what are some of maybe the, the insights to the book and what's your intention for the book?
0: I think well what led me to to write the book is I have so many life experiences, a lot of street smarts, a lot of really risky experiences, a lot of dangerous experiences, but mostly and looking back, I never gave up my femininity, even when I was working as a laborer on a road crew, when I worked in corporate America, when I had to stand up for myself numerous times. I went to work in very feminine and tailored suits when I was working at the bank. I was in jeans and whatnot at, at the job, but I did my nails. But it was my mental toughness and my ability to communicate my healthy boundaries and what was okay and what wasn't okay That I never felt really powerless around working with all these men. So I don't know if that answers your question, but to me, it's the mental toughness and that kick-ass attitude that I like being in my feminine, but man, if I'm in a situation where I've got to flip that switch,
1: I can flip it in a second. Right. Yeah, that's such an important skill. I mean, it's something I cultivated on the street, you know, as a police officer and particularly working undercover. It's like, you know, you're you're faced with these different situations and how you handle those situations are whether or not you're going to survive them Absolutely. or what kind of emotional impact you're going to have on that. Which leads me to go into, you know, there's so many things that can disempower us and I know that you've had several circumstances where you have avoided date rape, you know, you've been able to really make some decisions in the face of violence and even moving through your divorce, like a lot of different experiences that you've had that can be very disempowering. Take us back to those moments and what were some of the decisions that you made that allowed it to flip the switch from being in a disempowering situation to ultimately being empowering?
0: Well, let's go back to perhaps that date rape, uh, potential date rape situation. We had met online. We had had numerous conversations. I'd vetted him, I'd Googled him. We'd gone to lunch. And we lived about an hour apart. This was a gentleman who was tall, dark, handsome, muscular, professional job. But he, in his all of his other experiences, had gotten to be more of a a dominant type of person in a relationship, you know, like Dom sub sort of thing. And he wanted me in our relationship to take a dominant role. So I I, I drove to his home and met him, and we, you know, did the three-minute tour and Next thing I know, I'm on the couch and this man is on top of me, biting me, slapping me and just trying to really take advantage of to be not only just dominant, but be a, just a real jerk. And uh, I pushed back and I knew that that switch flipped and I had to take control of the situation and I had to psychologically outbest him. And so I did. And the more he pushed on me and slapped and bit me and, you know, was trying to get to me, the more I pushed back. And at one point he stopped, he looked at me, he goes, you're not just nasty, you're pure evil. And I said, well, this wasn't our agreed upon arrangement. And so, you know, he backed down And, and this is a bit raw and I'm going to share this with you. I hope you, is your audience okay with me sharing some really raw stuff?
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I appreciate you prefacing it because, you know, if people do have, you know, children in the car, I mean, there are these can be very sensitive subjects, but it's really important when we're looking at sometimes what can feel like a life and death experience about some of the things that are you willing to go the extent to do what you need to do to protect yourself, like going in survival mode. And so, Rachel and I had talked about this before about some of the the mindsets and the actual things to do to move through them, they can feel not conventional. They can feel not feminine, right? But we move, vacillate in between these roles to really utilize them in the way that really saves our life. So with that preference, you know, if you want to pause this podcast or you want to have you move into another room that your children aren't in, we are going to explain uh, a situation that, that, a very specific situation that Rachel used to save her own life.
0: So the the agreement prior to my coming to his house was that I would bring some some toys with me, some penetration toys, and I had one that was just moderate, like a prostate massager and whatnot. It was really no much bigger than my thumb. So anyway, we get through the scene on the couch, and I knew he wanted me to be dominant, and I proved my ability to take charge of a situation and be dominant. So we adjourned to the bedroom, where we proceeded to. Uh, you know, get, get naked and, and go on with things. And he wasn't prepared for penetration. Let's just put it that way. But I gave him what he'd asked for and what he really wanted, even though it was very painful for him.
1: Mm-hmm. And at the end of
0: the experience, he was walking real fun.
1: Yeah. Got and it. I,
0: was, I stopped and I looked at him afterwards and I said, next time. When somebody says no, it means no. hmm that in mind when you want something from me or any other woman
1: and you don't honor your agreement beforehand, there, there will be a price to pay. Right. You know, and what's a, and what's such an important distinction on this? And, you know, this is regardless of what people choose. I mean, some of the people listening, you know, they may be in monogamous relationships. They may be in alternative relationships, regardless of the choices of the type of of relationships that you have there has to be agreements of what's okay and what's not okay. And for women, there's been so many times where in an uncomfortable situation, they will not say anything and talk about, you know, and I'm sure that there was maybe even some second guessing where, you know, you agreed to some out of the ordinary sexual agreements, right? Mm -hmm. And so there can be a part of you that's like, you know, did I set myself up for something but when you set your boundaries and you're like, you know what, this is not what I agreed to. And, you know, even if like somebody agrees to have sex with someone and something changes in the dynamic and it then becomes a no, mm-hmm. in any moment you need to be able to have the choice to assert your voice to say it's no now. Even if we talked about it and it was fun and games before, but something right. shift and change, we get to control what happens with our body. Now, this is a very physical, you know, example, but what happens in a physical space actually gets transferred into all the different areas of our life. How you're being with clients, how you're being with your family, how you're being out in the world because if you don't stand up for yourself in these type of situations, I mean, how likely are you going to stand up for yourself in other situations? So the fact, Rachel, that you stood your ground even in a very can be intimidating, terrifying situation to still make your point, even if, and I'm assuming you will never see this person again, you know, right. (laughs) That, but he will think twice when, you know, making those choices with someone else. And you may have then made things easier for the next woman, right. To be in a situation to really stand her ground. And this is where we really want to be you know, supportive of women, right? And to look at all the different circumstances. I mean, it'd be so easy for us to maybe have some judgment about different aspects of your choice without knowing the full picture. And for your, I just applaud your vulnerability to share this because most people don't want to share the intimate parts of their life where, you know, it can be uncomfortable and we can have all this second guessing that's happening. And this is where we can lose our power is when we second guess ourselves and we don't stand up for ourselves. And so I just want to applaud you, For doing that, because when we do this for ourselves, we do this for other women, and so I love that this has been part of the foundation of what you're doing. And I can't wait for your your book to come out. It's going to be Steel Hand uh, in a Silk Glove, and you know it's about that standing in your power. Is there anything else you want to share about your book before we move on? Oh gosh, uh, so
0: many stories to tell there, but really it is about you know in line with with the story that I just told you, but. If I can just continue with that story, the, the follow-up to that, as I drove away, was I felt victorious, mm. and I had I had bruises and bite marks for two weeks afterwards, but I felt victorious. I didn't feel a victim. I knew I'd put myself in a potentially risky situation,
1: but I felt really good about myself afterwards. Mm, I love this. Again, I think this is so important. I mean, listeners, if you've had an experience, how we react to these things are so important. I mean, we can all have victim experiences, but we choose whether or not we're going to be a victim or not. So I love, even in the moment you were choosing victory. Mm -hmm.
0: Yes. I didn't beat myself up over making a bad decision and putting myself in a bad spot because that can even happen when we
1: are in a, you know, just a a regular ordinary dating relationship. Absolutely. Absolutely. Right. So, how did this really shift things for you in your life? Like, when did you realize that you never had to put up with like bullying or intimidation or any of that, you know, going forward?
0: Oh, well, going forward, actually, going backwards, I was bullied from grades five to eight. And I knew in my mind, in my heart, that I wouldn't always be that age. And one day I would escape from that. And I told myself stories, whether there's jealous or there's things going on with them. and, And I'll get through this. But going forward, that was just such an empowering experience that I knew that I have what it takes to survive anything. And I knew that I had then absolutely the ability to flip that switch when I need it, think like a man, act like a man. And that's, that's what my book is about. But still be 100% female. I didn't have to change the way I dress to you know repel men or to be
1: unattractive. I, I own it.
0: I mm-hmm. own being
1: right. a woman. Absolutely. So you know, it's interesting. I I just had a previous guest earlier today. Amy um, was talking about bullying and just the years of how that really comes into how you how you view yourself, how you react in the world, and so how is that bullying experience that has showed up in in different ways? How do you then draw upon the the courage of? you know, let's say masculine energy or, you know, flipping the switch or how are you able to draw on that and still stand in your femininity?
0: Well, another example is I was 25 years old and I'd grown up in California and I got a job on Wall Street. So here I am, this little blonde haired tan California girls fresh off the plane. And I'm working for a very large insurance brokerage firm on Wall Street. And uh, I'm the secretary to the head of the North American Actuary Division for this insurance company. And shortly after I arrived, the president's secretary did something to sabotage an assignment that I had. And I just instinctively knew that if I let her get away with it, it would be cat and mouse for the rest of my time there. So I, I took the elevator up to the top floor, through the mahogany doors, and her name was Michelle. I still remember it to this day. And I introduced myself: so, "Hello, Michelle. I'm Rachel, Bob's secretary." And so, you know, I said, uh, "Bob works for your boss, and I'm sure your boss wants him to be successful." Oh yes. So, well, you know, that thing you did to me really uh, sabotage was an attempt to sabotage the way I support Bob. How do you think that your boss would feel about that? And I just paused and I smiled and I reached out, shook her hand and I said, nice to meet you. Have a great day. And I left and I never had another problem with her since.
1: Okay. What I love about this, what I think is so fantastic is that it wasn't in a belittling way. It was straight up what happened. You know, having the eye contact, being assertive, standing up for yourself. I mean, these are the things in the moment, right? That allow us to really stand in our power because you're right. That would have shifted the dynamic that makes it so much harder to turn it around later when we let those things slip through the cracks. Yes.
0: And when you have a bullying or intimidating situation, that's the space (coughs) that I recommend stepping into.
1: So they know that they're not dealing with a weakling, they're dealing with an equal right and you know you can actually still feel like uh, scared or unsure of yourself on the inside right because you can have that tearing feeling but to just feel that i mean that that is really literally the definition of courage is to feel the fear and do it anyway to step forward to do it and then you know you can then run into your car and call your call your friend or or cry or whatever needs to happen in that moment because it is a huge leap to stand up for yourself it is it's so much easier to stand up for other people and you know to do it for ourselves can be confronting it can be scary there's all kinds of things that can happen so you want to have people in your court, whether it's, you know, a friend or a mentor or a coach or some people that you can have as those cheerleaders to move you through those kind of situations. So I, I love that you you've really turned these situ- situations around to really support you um in really Standing in your power and making making that happen, and, and I know that also translates into how you design your life, right? You're really making you know conscious choices, and you know we've talked about a, a lot of different areas of your life that you've done that. And let's talk a little bit about uh, having attitude, like having the attitude for the situation. That's like your number one thing. Yes. So share a little bit about that.
0: Having a winning attitude, having your your attitude, your mindset in the right space for the situation is just it's. My number one thing, so when, I'm an introvert, and I would rather stay home and create and paint and write, but I need connections with other people, I value friendships, and it's just an important part of what I do is to go out in the world and network, and I so enjoy making meaningful connections, but I don't always want to, so when I show up, I'm on stage, I'm on, I turn it on, and I hold my head high, I own the room, I look for interesting people to connect with, and also I have a hobby I call talking to strangers and getting them to smile. Yes, you do that well. Thank you. <laughs> but it's a lot of fun and you never know what kind of crummy day somebody else is having and when I can, you know, be the leader in that position and just open the door to something nice. That's just all. So, you know, the other thing part of that too is it's not a cocky confidence. It's more like I'm the ambassador in the room and I'm I'm trying to just
1: get people together and have a good time. Yeah, I love that distinction that you make because I think that's one of the reasons that women, in particular, and men, men as well, especially if you're a, an introvert, is that you can feel like if you're being confident or you're being like proactive, that it can feel like it's being cocky or too full of yourself, or or even the internal thought of who do you think you are. You know, like all these kind of things that can come up. But making that distinction of showing up in the room as if you're like, you know, a diplomat or, you know, with grace, like you're, you know, it's almost like it's your party that you're hosting to make sure everyone feels comfortable. I mean, there's such little distinctions. And I really believe that is part of that, that feminine energy. So whether you're, again, if you're male or female, you can still show up with a feminine energy that's a softer experience, but standing in your confidence. And so this is how we have that polarity of moving before. Be in between that that feminine and masculine energy. And, you know, it reminded me when I used to drive to work when I was working patrol as an officer, mm-hmm. and I was in the car and I used to put on a YouTube Sunday, Bloody Sunday, and it's like a war song, right? And I used to like scream this song, going, driving to work because yeah. it's me transforming into a, a masculine, like, energy and roll, so I could get up that energy. But I was also in the car putting my lipstick on, right? Because I always showed up, you know, and I kept it in the uniform of my pocket in my feminine energy as well. And it was using both so that I could serve all of the aspects of myself and the community where I could feel safe and strong, but also show up as myself. And this is exactly the things that you know, you're know you sharing and what we're having the conversation around is how can you utilize all the different energies to really stand up for yourself and show up in the world in a much stronger way to, to be able to do that. So I know that our listeners are going to want to connect more with you, not only with the, your book, but share about how they can do that. And I know you're going to have a code available for your book. when that. Tell us when that's coming out and how they can stay in contact with you. I actually have a couple books
0: coming out. And uh, the, the autobiography one, The Steel Hand and a Silk Glove, but I also have another juicy one coming out. And to find out about that, because we don't have time to excuse the children from the audience... <laughs> uh, if you'll go to my website, rachelmonet.com and simply subscribe, the first couple hundred people or so that do subscribe, I will offer a coupon for fifty percent off my book, a book of their choice, but they'll also, as a subscriber, get you know advanced notices and special discounts to upcoming workshops and downloads and whatnot, because I, I really do value that audience, my audience. So rachelmonet.com, subscribe, and then follow me on Facebook, Instagram. That's probably the easiest way to do it.
1: Perfect. Well, and we'll put all those links into the show notes so that people will be able to connect with you on that. Um, I'll also have my link in there as well for my free gift of resetyourpowergift.com, about five moves to stand in your power. You know, part of this conversation we're talking about, what are the ways that we can do that? So with that, Rachel, I want to end with one of my favorite questions I like to ask my guests is, you know, we have a different experience in the bedroom versus our kitchen or our office. What is your favorite room in your home and why? Oh, I love the kitchen.
0: Ah. Things happen in the kitchen. Conversations happen around the center island, um, cooking together, or just, uh, you know, creating something that's really yummy and it's instant gratification. You think of oh. be the bedroom, but it's
1: really the kitchen. <laughs> I love that. Actually, um, I have a friend of mine who says that life happens between the kitchen and the bathroom. Like this is where you have the real conversations. This is where you're connecting with people. So I love that that's your space. So, so good. Well, thank you so much for your time and sharing your wisdom and your journey and being so vulnerable. I know that our listeners really appreciate that. Thank you, Diane. And to our listeners, thank you so much for taking your most valuable resource of your time and being here with us today. You know, we're really trying to expand our community so that we can have more conversations like this. So if you have any no matter what platform you're on, if you have any questions or comments for either myself or Rachel, please, you know, tag us, you know, ask us the questions. You know, we're here to support you, to stand in your power. You know, whatever is taking you out of it, let's be part of that conversation. Um, Make sure that you subscribe to the show and to make sure that you also rate and review. That's how it gets out into the world. It has impact on more and more people. And that's how we all stand in our power together. So please take a moment and, you know, rate and review the show. Let us know in the comments what you liked, what you'd like to see more of, and uh, we'd love to uh, continue that conversation. So until we connect again, live your spa life. Bye for now. See ya.
0: Your host and spa life curator, Diane Halfman wants you to know you can download her free guide to start living your spa life right now. Go to dianehaffman.com and click on the link for the nine secrets to step into your spa life. Now, live your spa life where accomplishment and harmony coexist.